Good morning. My name is Roger. I'm uh, going to become the teaching and coaching pastor in this church because very excitedly and uh, very expectantly, we are about to see a very significant change happen in this church. And that is next Sunday, Pastor Simon and Linda become the senior pastors here in Rosebank. Could we just give a celebration? So, you don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss next Sunday. It's going to be an awesome time, all three services. And uh, if you're a member in this church, I encourage you to do what you normally do, and that is park up at Rosebank or park off-site so our visitors can park inside. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word, which brings life. And Father, as we recognize, Lord God, the schemes of the enemy in our lives, we also know, Father, you have given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. And I pray today, Father, those who are oppressed, those who are facing battle, Lord God, those who are in difficult circumstances, that they would take hold, that they would appropriate what you have paid for, Lord God, that they would overcome, Lord, because you have called us to be winners. We pray this, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you know me, you know I'm one of these, let's just keep persevering. Let's just keep doing what we're called to do, if you know me. But sometimes we come under spiritual attack. Have you ever just felt like a, a loss of spiritual desire? There's just like a, a lukewarmness in your soul, and um, you just lost your spiritual passion. Have you ever suffered just inexplicable physical fatigue or illness? About three weeks ago, Sam and I were leading an apostolic tea meeting. And uh, Monday morning, I woke up and I self-diagnosed. I've never had it before. I, had a, I thought I had a kidney infection. And I'm like, I'm going to the doctor. And I went to the doc doctor's like, you don't have anything, you know. And uh, Simon had like a thing on his head. And uh, anyway, I'll tell you what happened. He also went to the doctor. Have you ever had a lack attack? Have you ever all, all of a sudden been in a situation where your finances just seem to dry up? And I was meeting with a friend of mine, Carl, on Friday. And he was telling me how... For a year, his business, I mean, literally no sales. And I'll tell you the good side of it, and I'll tell you the good side of what happened to Samna in a moment. Have you ever faced overwhelming temptation? Just, you're just so tempted. And often we most tempted when we feel like we have nothing or we feel like we've got everything. And those two circumstances are often the ones when we're most tempted. Have you ever felt overwhelmed, helpless, hopeless, um, your circumstances, which means about being encircled. Have you ever felt encircled by attack? Have you ever felt panic attacks or unreasonable fear? Have you ever found old habits resurface, things that you had victory over come back again? Have you ever found yourself outside of relationships? You're not going to connect group. 6th of August, get back into connect group. But you find yourself outside of the very things that are good for you. Ever find yourself in that place where you're actually being like Adam and Eve and you're listening to the devil and you're kind of asking that question or allowing yourself to ask that question, did God really say? Or do you ever find yourself that there's no fruit to your life no matter what you do? Today I want to give you one move, one amazing move that if you take hold of will give you victory, will cause you to overcome. Because, brothers and sisters, we are destined to win. So I thought I was having this kidney failure. Within 28 hours, it was completely gone. Completely gone. 
and it was just a spiritual attack. Simon also, it went. My friend Carl, who had no sales, he started to do what I'm going to talk to you about in a moment. And he went from no sales to within three months after he did what he did. He made 11 million in three months. Um, turnover, signed up 11 million rands with the contracts. And uh, he's got 26 that he's about to sign up. You know, that's just about there. This is an incredible principle that I want to talk to you about. And this is what it is. If you surrender, you win. If you surrender, you win. Now turn with me, please, to James chapter 4. James, the brother of Jesus. James is the pastor of Jerusalem. Jerusalem is a place of great conflict, then and now. And James has got great insight into conflict. He was actually wiped out in a riot in Jerusalem. So he knows what, what fight's all about. And there's four conflicts that he talks about here in James chapter 4. He talks about an internal conflict. He talks about relational conflicts. He talks about being in conflict with God. And then he talks about being in conflict with the devil. And he writes, he says, Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure, that war in your members, in your, inside yourself? You lust and you do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and you war. Yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses. He's insulting us there. <laughs> He's describing it as it is. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. He's saying, first of all, in talking about worldly conflict, it begins in our own souls. Your own stuff inside of you. And you're in conflict. And uh, Chopin gave this prophetic word this morning, that some of you are in conflict within yourself because you're wanting God, but you're also wanting a few other things, and not just wanting a few other things, but you are pursuing, and you're going after a few other things, and it starts in your soul, and it explodes into fighting. Your wife, your husband is not your enemy. They are your family. We are not your enemy. We are family, and and so often we allow the desires in our souls to manifest and we start fighting. Business partners, relationships, extended family. He says here, you do not have because you do not ask. And sometimes when you do ask, you ask amiss. Often we don't have simply because of lack of prayer. And the conflicts that we're having inside of our own souls and with those around us are because of a lack of prayer. And if this is left unchecked, if we allow these things to continue, eventually we end up in enmity, hostility, an enemy of God. And you do not want to be an enemy of God. You do not want to be on the wrong side of the line when it comes to God. Now, where the all blacks are from, the Polynesians, the islanders, you have this thing called spearing, okay, spearing. And what typically happens is maybe there's, there's a disagreement between one village and another village, and uh, 
a so-called hero will go from the one village and he will go spear, attack another man walking in, walking in the jungle, whatever it might be, and he'll kill him. He spears him. That village that suffered loss, they'll wait, they'll wait their time, and then they'll send one of their best to spear an unsuspecting villager on the other side. And so it goes on and on and on and on and on. And the body count piles up, and the bitterness and the hatred increases. And imagine if Jesus was to come, arrive into that island. The one group would say, Jesus, they speared us. This is what they did. And the other, island, the other side of the island would be, no, no, no. This is what they did to us. And eventually Jesus would say, stop. Enough already. You know what Jesus would say? Put the spear in me. And that is what Jesus has done. Jesus has paid the price that we don't need to be in enmity with ourselves. That we don't have to be spearing our brothers and sisters. And we don't have to be at war with God. And the only battle that we need to fight is a spiritual battle against the devil. And it says, Ephesians 6 verse 2, For our battle is not against flesh and blood, against others or against ourselves, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the world powers of this darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. Simon and I were experiencing a spiritual battle when we were both feeling sick. And we overcame, and it was an amazing three days. My friend Carl was experiencing a spiritual battle, and he just started to cry out to God and submit himself to God and anoint his office, and he saw spiritual breakthrough. This is what the Word of God says. James goes on to write, or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God. If you want to remember one thing, submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God. And he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. The secret to overcoming, the secret to spiritual warfare is above all, I believe, the submission to God. And it's expressed in humility. It's, it's expressed in resisting the devil. But at its core, it is submitting to God. What does the scripture say? The Spirit dwells in us, yearns jealously. You know that God is jealous for your affections. He wants to and He is worthy to be first in your heart and your life. Above all, that you don't have other idols, other things that have captured your heart. But He is first and foremost in your soul, in your passions, in your affections. Secondly, it says God stands against the proud. We'll break this down in a little bit more detail. I do not want to go in the ring against God. But that's, what's, that's what happens when we are prideful, when we are not humble. But as we humble ourselves and submit, we see breakthrough and the devil flees from us. I love this. It's the third line. But he gives more grace. He gives more grace. He gives grace. He gives grace for every circumstance. 
and he gives grace to the humble. I want to ask Morris if we can play that video, please. This video just speaks of the grace that is available to us, the grace that is available to us to overcome, and then we'll break down what it is to submit to God and what it is to humble ourselves. Thank you, guys. God's grace is available for you in whatever circumstance you're in, whatever the circumstance. All we need to do is submit. All we need to do is humble ourselves. Now, let me tell you a story. There's a captain of a large ship, looked into the dark of the night, and he saw faint lights in the distance. And he told the signalman to send a message and they flashed it across. Alter your course, 10 degrees south. Promptly, a return message was received. Alter your course, 10 degrees north. The captain was angered. His command had been ignored. So he sent a second message. Alter your course, 10 degrees south. I am a captain. Soon the message was received. Alter your course, 10 degrees north. I am a seaman, third class, Jones. Immediately, enraged. He sent the third message, knowing the fear it would evoke. Alter your course, 10 degrees south. I am a battleship. Reply came, alter your course, 10 degrees north. I am a lighthouse. <laughs> we think we're so great. We feel like we are the battleships. And when we are prideful, we are like these ships that are running up against the rocks. 
and we start telling God how it should be. I want to just give you quickly seven things that you must know about pride. You know, the original sin was in Lucifer when pride, pride was found in his heart and he wanted to ascend and be like God. And this was followed by our forefather, Adam and Eve, where pride was in their heart, where they thought that they could determine the course of the existence and become like God. So pride is the original sin, satanic and demonic. Secondly, pride is the encouragement to compare ourselves to others. You know, we tend to look at people who, who are less intelligent, less wealthy, less good-looking, speak differently to us, instead of comparing ourselves to Jesus. So we compare ourselves to people. We choose the people instead of comparing ourselves to Jesus. When you compare yourself to Jesus, you realize you're not that smart. You're not that wealthy. You're not that good looking. Thirdly, pride covets the success of other people. We critique. We criticize. We covet and are jealous when other people succeed. Instead of rejoicing instead of celebrating the goodness of God in other people's lives. Pride is about me. It's about what I feel. It's about what I want. It's what I deserve. Whereas humility is about Jesus, and it's about what Jesus wants. Pride is about my glory. Do you know who I am? Do you know what I've done? Do you honor me? Do you like me? Do you respect me? Do you want to be like me? Humility is about Jesus' glory. It's about, are you like Jesus? Are you honoring Jesus? Are you respecting Jesus? Do you want to be like Jesus? Pride says, I am God, and it's a small God. I sit on a throne. I make the decisions. I am the so-called sovereign individual. A book came out years ago. Whereas humility is about, it's recognizing that it's God who has loved me. It's God who has sent his son. And without him, I'm nothing. Without his grace, I have nothing. The point of pride is independence. The point of humility is dependence upon God and on our fellow brothers. It was Augustine who said, pride is the mother of sin, pregnant with all kinds of sin. That beautiful video that we watched shows the grace of God that comes as we humble ourselves and as we submit to God. And this is God's solution. God gives grace to the humble, therefore submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. And all of this is really captured in that center part. Will you submit to God? What does this word mean? In the Greek, it's hapotasso. It means to arrange under or to subordinate, to subject oneself or to obey. When we're talking about submitting, what does it mean? It's to submit to one's control, to someone's control. It's to yield one's admonition or advice and to obey or to be subject to. You know what? God doesn't force his rule upon you. God does not force his kingdom upon you. It takes you and I to say, 
Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. You know, ultimately, there are only two kinds of people on this earth. The one kind says to God, God, your will be done. The other kind, God says to them, your will be done. Have it your way. What kind of person are you? Are you the man, are you the woman that says, God, your will be done? Or are you the man, the woman where God says, ultimately, have it your way. Do it the way you want to do it. What does it look like to submit to God? It means that we see and we recognize our sin. That we allow God to speak to us. We allow the conviction of the Holy Spirit upon our lives. And we have tender hearts when it comes to sin. Secondly, we follow truth wherever it leads. We allow the word of God the Bible to define us and to speak to us more than the voices in our own heads. We can make up things. We can be highly creative. If you're submitting to God, you follow the truth. If this means obedience, if this means sacrifice, if this means doing something that you're not yet not so comfortable with, you do it. That is what it means to submit to God. We repent quickly and thoroughly. When faced with our stuff, we cry out to God for his mercy. And we do it thoroughly and we don't try to sit on the fence. We don't try to hold something back. But we repent quickly and thoroughly. This is what it is to submit to God. He is first in our affections. We're not trying to pursue any other gods. And we're not putting ourselves on any other throne. But he is on the throne of our hearts. And we are submitting to him. And the outcome in our hearts is we have deep peace. If you are submitting to God in your heart, these are the signs, these are the attributes, these are the things that should be in your heart, in your quiet place. You're seeing your sin, you're pursuing truth. doesn't mean you're getting it right all the time, but where you've sinned, you're repenting and you're crying out to him and he's giving grace to you. In your affections, he's first. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, comes upon you. In our actions, if you are submitting to God, it is seen in your prayer. You know, prayer is, prayer is a sign of humility. Prayer is a sign of dependence. Prayer is a sign saying, God, I need you. When we are struggling with our, with our prayer life, we're actually struggling with who's in charge. We're actually struggling with independence. There's a humility pride issue. And we are not accessing the grace of God. So one of the signs of, of our submission is that we are praying, that we want to pray and we enjoy praying. And we are obedient. The things that God calls us to do, we do. Make disciples, give of our lives, give of our hearts. The things that he calls us to do, we do. Thirdly, we are men and women who worship and we praise and we're thankful because we recognize it's not by our strength. It's not by the, the strength of our right arm. It's because of his goodness and his love. And so there's an overflow. So we come to church early because we want to worship and we want to praise. And we come to the prayer meeting because we want to worship God. And we go into the shower and we, 
and we put the music on in our car and we worship God and we express our thanks to Him. And we give. We give because He is first given to us. As we are submitting to God, we recognize that our finances and our substance and everything that we have is because of His goodness to us. And we have submitted our lives to Him and so we give. And we invite and we receive counsel and correction. You ask people to speak to your life. If you're experiencing marital problems, you ask a brother, you ask a sister who you trust, who's godly, who's going to give you good counsel. When you're going through difficulties, when you're struggling in your heart, you invite and you receive counsel and correction. These brothers and sisters are signs that you are submitted to God. And you know what? They're for our good. They're for life. They're for us prospering in all things. If we're submitted to God, we strive to exalt Jesus in all that we do. In other words, the motivation of our hearts is not to build up our empire, but it's to see the kingdom come. It doesn't mean you can't prosper financially in your career, in your artistic endeavors, but above all, your motivation and your passion is to see Jesus exalted in all that we do. John 10 verse 10 says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. Some of you are in a spiritual battle. And as I said at the beginning, we all need to persevere. But some of you are experiencing a battle in a particular area of relationships or in your soul or in your finances or in your health, whatever it might be. And the devil has got a a hold on you in some way. And you can close that by submitting to God. By just laying your life before him. How do we know we're submitting to God when we are resisting the devil? How do you know the devil's, devil's works? Anything that you look at that is out of order that the devil would be pleased with okay, is devilish. Any structure in an organization, a company, a school, it's devilish if the design of it and the outcome of it results in something that the devil is pleased with. We are called to resist the devil. How do we know we're submitting to God? When we are resisting the devil through our prayers, through our actions, through our hearts. How do we know that we are submitting to God? When we are drawing near to him. When we are pressing into relationship with him. And lastly, when we experience that Zoe life, that God kind of life. How do we get this God kind of life? By submitting to God. Last week, Doran gave an amazing word on Martin Luther. And I thought I'd just make one reference to Martin Luther as we begin to begin to close. He was asked one time how he overcame the devil. And he replied, well, when he comes knocking upon the door of my heart and asks, who lives here? The dear Lord Jesus goes to the door and says, Martin Luther used to live here, but he has moved out. Now I live here. And the devil sees the nail prints in his hands and the pierced side and takes flight immediately.
You want to overcome the attack of the enemy? You want to overcome the spiritual attack in your life? Have Jesus first and foremost. Revelation 3 verse 20, Jesus speaks to the church. And what does he say? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And he's talking to Christians. And he's saying, there's a part of your heart, there's a part of your life, there's a part of your soul, there's a part of your actions or your thoughts that you're not letting me in. But won't you let me in? Because as I come in, I will bring life, I will sup with you, there'll be fellowship, there'll be, it'll be sweet, and you will feast. Let's bow our heads in prayer together. Father, we take hold of this word. That as we humble ourselves, as we submit to you, as we resist the devil, he will flee. And Father, I pray right now, Lord God, for, for every man, every woman who's, who's in a spiritual battle, be it in their soul, be it in their relationships, be it in their finances, whatever, Lord God. I pray for a grace now to bring that part of their life before you. Church, let's, let's all of us stand up. Let's just all stand up just as a sign of submission. And if you wouldn't mind just lifting up your hands, lifting up your hands is surrender. Lord, we surrender to you. We don't want to be like those proud admirals that end up on the rocks. Lord, we bring every part of our lives before you, Father God. Lord, as as Samna did it, we saw the breakthrough. As Carl did it, he saw the breakthrough. And as every one of us lift up our hands now, Father God, we pray, Lord God, for spiritual breakthrough, Lord God. Lord, you have destined us to win, Lord God. Lord, and we yield to you. We say, come in, come in, come in into every part of our life.